appreciate Brother Duplessis preaching to us tonight. Ooh, I feel the fear of God in this place. Hallelujah. From the very start of the service, the presence and the power of God has been in this place. Amen. And it was the hand of God and the will of God for him to preach to us tonight. Amen. If you want to shout, have some crying time. I heard a preacher one time say in this church, chilled me when he did. He said, I don't believe in that crying around. Amen, a man that I had faith in. Of course, if you've seen that man tonight, it's sad. It's sad the shape he's in. He's, he's charismatic is what he is because he didn't have any crying time. I asked, I was, it confused me because I had confidence. When you got confidence in somebody and they say something, you don't take it light. And that's where I was at. And it just bewildered me. I mean, I just set me back on my heels. I remember I asked Brother Burr. So what do you think about it? He said, man, I tell you, I don't feel like I've prayed until I just nearly cry my eyeballs out. I said, well, I'm, that's the same way I feel. I just don't feel like I've done it until I get my heart broken and I feel something warm start running down my face. I'm going to tell you, if you've never had that kind of spiritual experience, you just like somebody's never had that experience of something electrifying your feet. Amen. And put a dance in your feet. You just don't know what you're missing until you can sit real still and just feel something start trickling right down your face. Preach the revival there. Brother Duplessis has been a friend to God only knows how many people, how many preachers. And this counted a great honor and privilege to have him here tonight in this service. He brought his bus and I think about 38 or so here tonight. And they're here to amen him and help him. And we're going to help him too. Amen. We want him to take his liberty and preach to us tonight. Everybody say God bless him. Amen. You're not going to leave. And you're not going to let your spirit be, be dampened when it comes time to preach, are you? You ain't had no business shouting. Amen. It's still early. The hell holes, they hadn't even got started good yet. This is count meeting. I said, this is count meeting. If you got to go, go right now. Amen. When he gets up here and gets to preaching, do your best to stay still as you possibly can and give him your attention. All the young people out in the front and the foyer and anybody else out there, come right on inside. Ushers, go out there and help them find them a seat. Come on, we're here to help church. You in the balcony? Amen. I want you to help him. Holler amen from up there. How about y'all saying amen up there? Taylor, telling Brother Jackson over there a while ago, said that two old center boys is coming out of the church a couple of drunks or whatever people was carrying on like this and said that that's got to be of the devil he said no it ain't said if it was we'd be doing it yeah, you, you can be seated if you like to but it is indeed a privilege to be here tonight with brother and sister Holmes and this fine church uh, and 
elder sister home. I've learned to love them over the years. I feel real bad, and I think Brother Holmes wanted me to, because we haven't been here at a camp meeting in several years. And uh, I kind of feel like the Lord, you know, Jesus only wondered, the Bible tells us that he was only amazed two times. One time when uh, there was a person, a woman, I believe, that came to Jesus for her child to be healed, and uh, she wasn't supposed to have any faith, uh, no way whatsoever, she wasn't a believer. And Jesus said something to the effect that uh, it's not meat for me to give the children's bread to dogs. And she said, that's right, but said, uh, the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. And Jesus wondered at her faith. And then another time there was his disciples were, in, were powerless to heal a man's son that was afflicted. And, and he wondered at their unbelief. They were supposed to have faith to do what he wondered about. And I wondered tonight, I wondered first night what I'm doing here. I wondered why Brother Holmes asked me to come here. But I can't help it, I'm here tonight. And uh, we'll just try to go ahead and have church. Now it looked like to me you were having pretty good church before I got up here, so I don't know why you want to quit. I think you just ought to keep on going. And... Uh, but you didn't, so um, I don't really know what to do now. It's kind of hard to preach after the Spirit moves like that and people shout and worship God. But uh, this is camp meeting, and we'll just have a time. We enjoyed it today. Brother Wampler preached, taught, whatever you want to call it. He kind of mixed it up. He preached a little bit, and he taught a little bit or a lot, and it was so good, and we enjoyed it. And they said Brother Cox has been doing some great preaching. And uh, and I know tomorrow night Brother Jackson is going to just bless your soul, and Wednesday night Brother Holland is going to. And So you won't be completely shut out in this trip here at this camp meeting. Amen. But um, I believe about 30 years ago, we, I was riding with a couple of preachers coming back from a convention up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they got to, I was listening, I wasn't a part of the conversation, I was just riding in the car with them. And uh, they got to telling about a, a church up here in Arkansas, up in Little Rock, that pastor beat a drum and the people just shouted and jumped, leaped for joy. And, uh, you know, I didn't have much of an opinion about it. I just heard about it. And about almost 19 years ago now, we came up here. We had just uh, become liberated something happened to us I don't know but anyhow we got out and they said it was cold well we was looking for fellowship good clean fellowship and I we got to visit elder Holmes and uh, brother Joel Holmes was just a young man then and 
And oh, I, I've got a, just a new infatuation for this way of worship. And I had, I tell you, it just gets better all the time. So it is a real privilege. Brother Holmes preached one of the best revivals that we've ever had there in Silsby. And uh, such a blessing to us. And Sister Holmes came with him. He was just, I don't know, very young. And we had a time. And since then, we've had Sister Holmes and Brother Holmes come back, and they have always been a, such a blessing to our church and our people. And I want you to come back, Sister Holmes, and just, we need to know how to pray. I believe if anybody prays, that gray-headed mother over there prays. Amen. And I don't know if a church, I don't believe that a church can survive as a church if they don't know how to pray. Amen. And uh, I want you to come back. And we were very sad, and I, I was telling Brother Holmes today at the dinner table that even though Brother Elder Brother Holmes is gone as far as this life is concerned, and the Lord has taken him to his reward, it's still missing. And uh, it just kind of leaves a place there that, and he said, yeah, it does. It really does. It leaves a place in your heart. But my, isn't it good that God had Brother Joel Holmes to step in here? <laughs> and pastor in one of the greatest churches anywhere. And uh, you, you, you look around and you can tell. You don't, like Brother Holland said, when somebody gets up to preach, you can tell if they've got the anointing or not. And you can tell when churches and people are putting on and then when it's really from their heart, when it's uh, spontaneous, when, it, when lightning strikes. You know, you can't duplicate lightning. It just, God made it and it happens and... And then it's over with, and nobody can, they maybe take a picture of it, but they can't duplicate it. Amen. And uh, so when God comes down and starts to bless, nobody has to, you know, whatever you do to get, I never have figured out how to get people to do that anyhow. But oh, isn't it good when God does it? Amen. And I really didn't make, those folks from Silsby come here. But they said that if I didn't preach, they wanted their money back. And uh, I told them, I said, first time I've ever gone off to preach and a bunch of people went with me and paid to come. So uh, I guess that's all right. I don't know. But I was a little bit afraid to come up here. I'll be honest with you. I've been so long since I've been here, I didn't know what Brother Holmes might do to me. I got up here and... And I apologize, Brother Holmes. I really do. I feel so terrible just to come up here and preach. I don't think people will just go preach and never come back around again anymore. But uh, <laughs> he's really helping me. I'm trying to get out of this as best I can. Amen. But you've had some of the best that you'll ever have, that you can have, that can be had. Praise God. Just your spirit and your attitude and your worship, your faithfulness, your labor, 
it tells anybody that you have had the best. Praise God. I, I heard a story one time many years ago. There was an old man, elderly gentleman, that was playing an organ in a beautiful cathedral building, church building. And he was, it was late in the evening and he was, the shadows were lengthening and he was playing very melancholy, very sad, uh, big, beautiful pipe organ. This was before the electric and electronic gadgetry that has invaded our land, invaded it. And he was just playing very sad, melancholy songs in this beautiful church building, this big, huge organ. And uh, after a little bit, you could hear those sounds as they drifted across the, uh, the, little, the church and the little village there. After a while, the front door opened, and a young man walked in, and his shadow cast down long shadows down the aisle of the church. And an old gentleman closed the organ, and he locked it, and he got off, and he walked, and he met this young man, and he, he gave him the key to the organ. And when he did, the young man came in, and he sat down, opened the organ, and began to play. And he played the most beautiful music that man ever heard. It just went out across that village and those valleys and hills around there, just beautiful, it echoed. And they said that young man's name was Johann Sebastian Bach, one of the greatest musicians and composers that ever lived. He was a real uh, master. And I thought, you know, if we can just give the key tonight to the master that he we will have the most beautiful music that anybody has ever heard but we've got to give the key to the master tonight and he's the master uh I've, this beautiful singing and music and these stringed instruments and the wind instruments oh they were so beautiful the singing the choir and they sang the most beautiful song that has ever been written and played it, and that is the amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And uh, it just, uh, it was all so beautiful. But evidently, that's not all that God wants us to have tonight, or we wouldn't be where we are now. Even with all the shouting, and there just didn't seem to be quite enough room to shout. Just maybe need a but anyhow the shouting and worship and glory that was felt and uh, so evidently God wants us to have something else tonight and I do indeed count it a real pleasure and a privilege to be here with brother and sister Holmes and this fine church and if you'd stand with me tonight I'd like to read you a scripture found in the book of Psalms I'll read you one passage of scripture Psalms 34 and verse number 6 and he said this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles 
And thank you for standing. You can be seated. And thank you, Brother Holmes, for inviting us here. And I hope that there's something that is said or done just in the time that we have here that will be beneficial to you. My dad said when you preach, you ought to make people either mad or glad or sad. So maybe I can make you one of them tonight. I hope so. Make you mad or glad or sad. Change your emotions somehow. I believe that preaching should do something to us. I don't believe that anybody should ever leave church the way they came to church. I believe that they should be, something should happen during that service that would change it. Amen. But I, I think about tears tonight and, and about crying. And uh, I used to, when I was a child, I would, there was times that I would cry, and I do now. I hope that I never uh, get too old or too big or too callous or too hard to cry. That uh, I cannot shed tears. I listened to Brother Hare the other day, and he talked about one time his mother whipped him. And uh, he was up big enough that he didn't need to, shouldn't have needed to be whipped, but he did something that he and he said he made up his mind that he wasn't going to cry. And she kept whipping him, and, and he was hard-headed, and he I never did do that. I started crying before my daddy got his belt off. And I didn't stop until he put it back on. But he was going to be tough, and, he, and his mother whipped him, and whipped him, and whipped him, until finally... He said, she's going to kill me. I'm going to have to cry. So he cried. But I hope that we never get to the place that we're too big or too tough or too callous to cry. Somebody said that tears are like a telescope through which a man can see a soul. He can look inside of him. And uh, sometimes we have reasons for tears. Sometimes we cry because there's a reason to cry. I believe there's just maybe a different emotions, but there's just as much benefit at times from crying as there is from shouting. Amen. Sometimes it takes those tears to wash you out and to feel cleansed like a new rain has swept over your soul. So tears are not a bad thing. And David said, this poor man cried. I believe it was about the 17th of last month of July, somewhere along there, last month anyhow, that uh, Brother Parker, a friend of ours from Lunida, Louisiana, his son, 17 years old, was walking across a pond and he fell into a deep hole and he didn't know how to swim and he drowned. 
And of course, I, I sympathized and I, my heart went out to that family. And uh, we went over to the funeral and there was a huge crowd, a church, very large building and it was full of people. And they had the preacher sit on the platform and I, I sat there about 17 months ago We had a daughter that <clears throat> died and uh, I don't guess I'm over it yet but under such tragic circumstances without God 20 years old and the tears are just a little bit away from the surface all the time. And I sit there and I gritted my teeth and my palms of my hands, I dug my nails into them and I said, I'm going to be hard and I'm not going to cry. But then something come over me and it just seemed like it was crying time again. And I walked by that casket and I said, it's crying time again. Somebody wrote an old song here some time ago. And I don't know all the words to it, but it's about an old gal that run off and left her husband. And it said that it's crying time again. You're going to leave me. And I don't know any more about the song than that. But I thought about this tonight that it's crying time again. It's time to cry. Now, I wouldn't dampen your spirits and I pray to God tonight that I haven't and I don't want to dampen your spirits or make you feel bad in any way. But I do believe tonight that it's, that it's crying time. Jesus said in Luke, the 22nd chapter, as he was in the 28th verse, as he was making his way to crucifixion, and there were people following him, there were women that were weeping and crying, and Jesus said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. So tonight it's, it's time maybe to cry a little bit. Now, while we can do something for our children. Amen. It's, it's, it's crying time. Now let me say this, and I, want, I would like to see you tonight. I'd like to see everybody in this building with tears running down your cheeks. Jesus said in Luke 6 and 25, Woe unto you that laugh now. For you shall mourn and weep. Amen. Uh, there are times when tears are beneficial. There are times when tears will do you good. There are times when tears will make you realize just how uh, 
insignificant and insecure you are. Amen. And we can laugh, and that's, you know, there's a certain amount of, uh, of unconcernedness in our, in our young people and children that are growing up. That uh, the sincerity of worship and the soberness of the hour, amen, churches become nothing more than uh, just uh, it has taken on a, a, a social flavor. Amen. It's, uh, uh, and it's a good place. I'm not saying that it's not good. Oh, God help us that our, that our children find companions in the house of God. Oh, God help us that our sons and our daughters marry one another, if you please, tonight. Amen. But oh, let it be more than just a, a, just a place to meet and then go off and, a, and eat a hamburger or a, a have a milkshake or, or something else. Amen. So we're never, we're never too big to cry in it. And it sometimes it acts as a cleansing agent. It kind of it purifies the soul. Amen. It makes you uh, uh, ready for something else that God can put on the inside of you. Amen. It makes you ready for, for maybe deeper walk and a, and a closer walk with God. Amen. It, it, uh, it washes out the impurities. And they tell me the tears are for a purpose. Amen. They wash your eyes and they keep the, uh, the impurities. It, it cleanses them as far as the physical. But there is the emotional that, uh, amen, that opens up a well uh, on the inside of you and it does you good. Uh, not only emotionally, but it does you good spiritually. Praise God, if you, can, uh, if you can remember the day that God saved your soul, uh, amen, and cleansed your life, uh, and then you see yourself uh, uh, being surrounded again with the cares uh, and the, the things of this world, uh, and then a good crying jag, uh, amen, and cleanse you out again, and you say, thank God. <laughs> Hallelujah. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time, he said, to weep and a time to laugh. So I don't, uh, I don't feel bad tonight about telling you that it's time to cry. Amen. I want you to know that it's time to cry. Amen. When the holiness has become a thing of the past. Amen. I, and I thought about this tonight. I said this seems uh, kind of weak for me to come in here and say this because of the, of the great, uh, wonderful standard that you have uh, and, and your pastor leads you uh, in a, in a, down a path of holiness and, and a holiness preaching uh, uh, has been a, amen, a stronghold of this uh, first Pentecostal church uh, of Jesus Christ here in North Little Rock. But you know that it ain't everybody, amen, that, uh, that believes that. Amen, and you're not an island unto yourself. And your, your children and your young people, uh, they're going to they're gonna be out in, a, in the pizza place or the hamburger stand, and they're going to see some, 
uh, some fingerings on, uh, on, on somebody else's saints. And they're going to see somebody else's saints, uh, amen, that have trimmed their hair. Amen. And, and cut their hair. I'm talking about the ladies. And, uh, and their clothes so tight. Amen. And then they're going to, uh, somebody's going to tell them that, uh, uh, that my pastor don't think uh, uh, that it's uh, wrong for, uh, uh, for you to wear culottes or, or pedal pushers or, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, amen. Amen. I tell you tonight uh, that it's crime time. Uh, Amen. When a generation of Pentecost uh, no longer preaches. Uh, amen. When the ministry is afraid to stand uh, and preach holiness. Uh, amen. A holy dress uh, and holy living. Amen. When we can't preach anymore that it's wrong for girls to trim their hair. When we can't preach anymore that it's all right for boys to wear their hair. Amen, down over their ears. Amen, let me tell you something, it's crying time when a mother and a dad won't stand behind the pastor and say, brother, would you preach to my son? Amen, I'll tell you what, it's crying, it's crying time when they won't stand and say, brother, preach to my boy. Tell him he needs a haircut. Oh, hallelujah. Amen, you want to know why God wants Wants there to be a difference uh, between boys and girls. Uh, amen. I tell you what, my God, uh, tonight is not going to have a limp Christian uh, amen, a feminine church, uh, but he's going to have a church uh, that is made up of men tonight. Uh, hallelujah. It's crying time when a church begins to deck itself with silver. Amen. If you can put on your wedding band, it becomes evident that it's all right, amen, to wear a class ring. Amen. When it becomes acceptable to wear a class ring, amen, then it becomes acceptable to wear a friendship ring. Amen. When you wear a friendship ring, it becomes acceptable to wear a dinner ring. When you put on a dinner ring, I can wear a necklace, amen, with a $5 gold piece in it. When I can wear that, amen, I can put on a bracelet that tells me that I've got friends. Hallelujah. It's crying time when we won't preach it. Amen. I believe that it's just as wrong for, amen, for, you know, for, for a boy to wear trousers that are too tight for him, amen, this mud, amen, dress that we're coming out with anymore, amen, I believe that's just as ungodly as it is for girls to wear, amen, clothes that are too tight for them, amen, I, I say girls, women, amen, I've seen grandmas, Amen. That uh, they ought to be thankful. Uh, amen. They got little grandkids running around their feet, uh, and they want to look like a seventeen-year-old again. Uh, it's fine time when Pentecost uh, has debased itself into that category. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I think it's crying time when when a when a Holy Ghost saint lay out of church and go fishing. I'm not talking about going. Uh, Hey, can I preach like I do at home? Amen. Uh, I, I asked my wife tonight. I already knew what I was going to preach. I said, what should I preach tonight? She said, I don't know. Preach crying time. It's crying time again. I believe I will. Amen. I preach this at home, so I guess it's all right here. 
Amen. It's crying time. Amen. When a saint will lay out of church. I'm not talking about your vacation. Amen. I'm talking about on a regular Sunday night or a Thursday night or whatever night you have church. It's crying time. Amen. When you won't come to church. Amen. You go find yourself out on the creek bank somewhere. Instead of being in the house of God. It's crying time. Hallelujah. Amen. It's crying time when gossip becomes the topic of the home. Amen. It's crying time when you sit around your supper table at night. Amen. And you, you dissect. And one of the girls here with us uh, is going to college. And she said that the, 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 she didn't make a real good grade in science because they made her cut up a frog. And she had to name all the parts and all this. And I don't understand all of that because I didn't go to college. Amen. But anyhow... She said they had to cut it, cut it open, and it, you know, and it stunk, and she didn't want to touch it. Amen. But it's a terrible thing uh, uh, when the saint, it's crying time uh, when the saints sit around the supper table. Uh, amen. And cut one another up uh, and talk about the pastor uh, and talk about each other. Uh, amen. And find fault. Uh, it's crying time. But let me tell you something tonight. It's not only the saints that have to find themselves. Amen. If you can, and I don't believe that you can. I don't believe that you can be the spiritual person that you need to be. But if you think you can, go get you a television. Amen. Set it up in your living room and sit there. It's crying time in the church, saints, that it can operate under those specifications. You can't do it. Hallelujah. Amen. There, there's, there's more. It's crime time when you say that uh, the preacher preached to me tonight and I'm not going to pay my tithes. You don't pay your tithes. Amen. You give them. Praise God. It, it isn't like paying your light bill or your electric bill. Amen. It's what you give to God. And it belongs to God anyhow. It don't belong to you. And when you keep it, came in you and you have become a thief and a robber. And it's crying time when somebody says, I've got the Holy Ghost. Amen. And they're a thief and a robber. Hallelujah. But I'm glad tonight that it don't stop with the saints. I'm glad tonight that it reaches down to the, uh, to the, to the ministry. Amen. Oh, yeah, we have uh, some responsibility and some obligation tonight. Amen. I tell you what, uh, how my Bible tells me that I am not uh, a Lord over God's heritage. Uh, hallelujah to God. Over here in the book of 1 Peter, the fifth chapter, uh, amen, in, in verse number one, uh, he said, The elders which are among you I exhort. Amen. If I understand this book right, uh, Brother Holmes, he's talking about the ministry. Uh, he said, The elders which are among you I exhort. Uh, who am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock, hallelujah, with the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being uh, in samples of the flock. Uh, amen, it's crime time. Uh, amen, when a preacher can't have his way. Uh, 
Amen. And he tells a husband and a wife uh, that you can't live together anymore. Uh, amen. Because your daughter married somebody else uh, from another church and he wanted them there. Uh, when he literally breaks that family up, uh, I tell you, it's crime time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Uh, we are not lords over the heritage of God. But we are an example to the flock, and we have a responsibility. Amen. I can't make you live for God. Amen. It's crying time when a pastor, amen, sets up what is called a church watch. Amen. In the church, this saint will watch that saint and go tell the pastor, and that saint will go watch that saint. Amen. If they do something wrong, no sir, my friend, you live for God because you love God. You've got the Holy Ghost. You're born again. You've got your mind made up. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a sad day. It's crying time when I've got to get somebody to go tell on Brother So-and-so. Amen. Honey, you're going to live for God? You're going to live for him because you love him? Amen. Because you've got it down in your soul. Hallelujah. Because you love him more than anything else. Not because of what's going on around you or what's not going on around you. Hallelujah. Amen. I tell you, it's crime time. Amen. I lost a friend here a while back, and I, it, it, he's a very dear friend. He has been. Amen. It's crime time when the saints can't forgive one another. Praise God. If you can't forgive one another, but you know the sad part about it is the ministry doesn't know how to forgive either. Amen. We get things in our heart and we don't know how to forgive. But let me tell you tonight, it's crime time. I lost a good friend, but I'm, I, I made up my mind a few days ago that I'm going to get him back. I don't know how. I don't know what, what way. But somehow, I'm going to find him back as my friend again. Hallelujah. I did some things that he didn't approve of. And I said, well, good buddy, if you don't like it, he mean you can just bug off. I didn't tell him that, but I told myself that. Amen, but it's crying time when you lose a good child of God as a friend. Amen, I become cold and distant to him, and he became cold and distant to me. And we got where we were just kind of, I don't know what he was doing, but I know I was picking. Amen, and I was justifying myself. But Paul said, if need offends my brother, I'll not eat meat as long as day that I live. I'll not eat it as long as I live. If I don't have a friend that I can afford to lose tonight, I tell you it's crying time when I lose a man of God, even that preaches this Holy Ghost or hell, this holiness or hell, this baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I lost a friend. But I'm going to get him back because I've had some crying time about it. I called him up the other day and I just kind of touched bases with him. But I'm working on it. You see, I better learn how to forgive. It's crying time when I can't adjust my life to keep from offending somebody else. Hallelujah. Joel 2, 17, he said, let the priest the ministers of the Lord weep. It's time for the ministry to cry. 
Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare the people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? I found out that when this poor man cried, the Lord has heard my cry. He heard me when I began to cry. Amen. And don't you ever forget it, friend. I have found, amen, that uh, there are times when there are nothing else but tears. Oh, no, I, I, I've, you know, I, I've lost uh, uh, money in business ventures and investments. Uh, I, I, I felt like crying. We lost, I was counted up almost a half a million dollars, just a few dollars being a half. You know, and I thought, boy, that was something to cry about. But it wasn't nothing. Amen. And I sit there uh, one day, uh, and that little girl told me, she said, Daddy, she said, I've about got my life together. And she said, but it still seems like there's something that's missing there. And I said, well, baby, did you ever think that it might be that God is trying to talk to you? And then I let it slip through my fingers, and she went away. And I never, I never brought it up again. Oh, friend, let me tell you, there are times... Uh, uh, when it, when it, when you cry, but I, I have seen too many uh, of our children and our young people, uh, amen, walk out the door as soon as they're old enough, uh, amen, and are and are lost uh, without God. Uh, I'm telling you tonight, uh, uh, somehow, if this poor man can cry, my God said that He would hear my cry. Hallelujah. Jonah said that I cried by reason of my infirmity or my affliction. Amen, I've got a reason to cry tonight. Amen, I, I still have a daughter at home. I thank God for my son. Amen, that's starting to preach this gospel. Amen, I've got another daughter that doesn't live for God, that doesn't know God. So I can't tell you that it's time to dry the tears. All I can say is crying time. It's time to cry until God comes down and answers that prayer. Hallelujah. But you know what? He said if the priest, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar, hallelujah, God's not going to give this heritage to strangers, but he's going to be our God. Hallelujah. He's still our God tonight. In Psalms 126 and 6, he said, He that goeth forth and weepeth. Bring precious seed. Bringing, bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Bringing his sheaves with him. He said, you're going to come back. You may be weeping tonight. There's going to be a day when it's going to be better. It's time to cry until, until God answers prayer. Amen. Let me read over here in the 56 Psalms for you tonight. It's time to cry. It, it's not out of date to cry. It, it's not outmoded. And it's not wrong. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. 
mine enemies with daily swallow me up for they be many that fight against me O thou most high what time I am afraid I will trust in thee in God I will praise his word in God I have put my trust I will not fear what flesh can do unto me every day they rest my words amen they take my words out of context and they try to turn them against me but he said they rest my words for all their thoughts are against me for evil they gather themselves together they hide themselves they mark my steps when they shall wait for my soul shall they escape by iniquity and that anger cast down the people O god thou tellest my wanderings put thou my tears into thy bottle are they not in thy book i want you to know something that god looks at every tear you ever shed i don't believe they just fall run down your cheeks but he's putting them in a bottle hallelujah i believe in the book of revelation he talks something about the the, the tears being a, an odor having them in a bottle and there being an odor God, God smells, God hears, God understands your prayer, your tears tonight. But it's crying time. Amen. It's time to cry. I don't know what you need from God tonight. I, I don't know what this church needs. And I think this church, if to, for my natural eye, it doesn't look like it needs a thing. It looks like you have everything. It doesn't look like you have a problem in the world it looks like that you have everything but that isn't so because i'm only looking at it from a visitor a one-time observation but you know what you need it's time to cry until you have revival it's time to cry until we see and i'm so sick and tired of hearing these you know about hundred soul revivals you know, and then next week you go back or next month and they say, where are they? And they don't know. They haven't. So to me, that's not it. I tell you what, now, I, I, I kind of get, I cry sometimes when I get mad. And, and, and I kind of get a little bit mad. I, some, somebody called me a charismatic the other day. Or at least they didn't call me a charismatic. They called a friend of mine and they said the charismatics have to have, have to have their convention or something. I don't know. I don't really know what a charismatic is. Amen. But I believe in one God, and if you don't believe in one God, you're going to die and go to hell. That's right. I believe that everybody has got to have a pastor, and if you don't have a pastor, you're going to die and go to hell. I believe in holiness. It's holiness or hell. And I get just a little, little bit mad, you know, when, praise God. But uh, how, how long have we got to cry? We've got to cry until God comes down and answers our prayer. I don't believe that you have to compromise holiness one bit to have a revival. Amen. I, I tell you what, old brother Holmes didn't have to compromise to have a revival. Even my old dad didn't compromise to have revival. Uh, and God gave him a revival in the city, in the center of sin, city of the world. Amen. I don't believe you've got to let down one thing uh, to have a Holy Ghost, uh, a tongue-talking, uh, divine healing revival. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, it's, there's still divine healing in the church today. Praise God. Amen. A few months ago, there was a dear old darling sister. 
in our church and she's elderly and she was uh, uh, frail and, 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 and uh, sick in her body and, and she has heart trouble or whatever kind of trouble, all kinds of uh, trouble that old, but she come to church anyhow. Amen. In a little while, somebody has said, come back here and pray for Sister Caraway. And, and, and I, I didn't know what was wrong, so I, you know, I, I eased back there, and we had another preacher there, I believe, that night. Amen. And, and I got back there, and, and, and she was just clutching her heart, and, and, and somebody said, lay her down on the bench. And so we laid her down, and in a minute her eyes rolled back in her head, and I've got a lady there, Brother Harris' sister, that's an administrator of a nursing home, and she's seen a lot of people, elderly people, die. And she looked at me, and she said, Brother, she was feeling her pulse and her heart, and she said, Brother Duplessis, she don't have a pulse or a heartbeat. Another sister that, uh, that was a, a, a trained nurse's aide or whatever they call them, she said she don't have a... Even if we are tired, God will! Hallelujah. I, I was preaching about that on the radio. And we have a live broadcast and somebody heard it. And they was telling somebody else about it. And they said, you know that Pentecostal church down there? They believe that God can raise the dead. Amen. I'll tell you what I believe that he can. Hallelujah. Amen. When the church began to pray and began to cry, David said, this poor man cried. And God heard him and saved him. Out of all, out of all of his troubles. Hallelujah. Old sister Gertie Caraway. Amen. And still, she ain't kicking high. But honey, she's still going. Amen. My God that I'm serving tonight, I believe it will cry. He will. Amen. In, in uh, 2 Kings 20 and 5, God had spoken uh, to Hezekiah, told Isaiah, said, go tell Hezekiah he's going to die. He went and told him and Hezekiah began to pray. Amen. He began to cry. What would you do if somebody come and told you you were going to die? Amen. I'd cry. Oh God, I don't want to die. Amen. I don't know anybody that just said, oh, go ahead, God. I, you know, go ahead and take me on. Amen. There's people that say that, but when it comes time to it, amen, they hang on to that thread, uh, that thread of life with everything they've got. Uh, amen. If you go to doctors, get the ambulance out here uh, and get me to the hospital. Get that uh, uh, CPR working. Uh, amen. Do everything you can. Get them uh, tubes running in and get me alive. I don't want to die. Amen. If you don't believe in doctors, you call your pastor and say, pray for me, Brother Holmes. I'm dying and I don't want to die. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Time to cry. Hezekiah was going to die. And he, the Lord spoke to Isaiah as he was on his way out. And God told Isaiah, I said, tell Hezekiah, I've heard thy prayers and I've seen thy tears. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you something tonight, friend. God, maybe I made you feel bad. I don't know. I wanted to. I want you to feel bad if you don't have that love for holiness in you. I want you to feel bad if you don't have that love for the ministry. Amen, preachers. I want us to feel bad if we don't have, amen, that desire in our hearts to love one another. I'm not talking about some, amen, jellyfish compromising homosexual. I'm talking about a good man of God. Hallelujah. I want us to feel bad. Praise God. But you know what? He said in Psalms 35, Weeping may endure for a night. Amen. But joy cometh in the morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Weeping may endure for the night. You know, don't ever give up your tears. Don't ever quit your crying because in the morning, there's going to be joy. Hallelujah. Amen. In the morning, the things are going to be better. 
God's going to, amen, he said over here in the, in the book of Revelation chapter 7, verse 17, he said, God shall wipe away all, all their tears from their eyes. Amen. That, that tells me that one day there's not going to be any more tears. That my God, amen, I've already had him, amen, to answer my prayer. Amen. When I thought that I walked alone, I have felt the hand of God on my shoulder. Amen. When I thought that everything was turned again, amen, I found how that God was a present help. Amen. He was a close friend and a dear companion. Amen. I may weep tonight, but tomorrow it's going to be a better day and God's going to wipe my tears away hallelujah amen I find over here in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 I believe it is chapter 13 and verse number 12 amen if the musicians will come I'm just about through amen but Paul said that now I look through a glass darkly amen but he said then face to face there are some things that I don't understand today Amen. There are some tears that I have shed that I don't understand. Amen. There are some friendships that I have lost that I didn't understand. Amen. I don't know why I've had to go through the valley and the shadow of death. I do not understand why. Amen. But I have had to feel my heart broken. I don't understand that tonight. No, I don't understand. But I tell you then, I'm going to understand it better by and by. I, then I'm going to know why. Amen. That I had to walk a road that seemed that I traveled by myself. I'm going to know why I had to walk alone. Now I can't tell you. I can't tell you why we have to even stand beside a casket and say goodbye to a loved one. I can't tell you why. Now, but I'm going to be able to tell you then. Now I see through a glass darkly. But then I'm going to understand it. I'm going to know what those tears meant. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know. Now, I don't know why people backslide. Now, I don't know why churches go through the valley. Now, I don't know why we have to feel bad. Now, I don't know why some dear darling saint that you've nourished, that you've loved, that you've tried to make into something. Amen. And they turn around and they walk away. Oh, I don't know why now. But I'm going to know why then. Amen. I've had some prayers that God never answered. Amen. I've had people that I prayed for that didn't get healed. I don't know why now. But I'm going to know then. Now I look through a glass darkly. But then I'm going to see face to face. Amen. It seemed like we could do something for God now. Amen. But we find ourselves bogged down. Amen. Personality and personality conflicts. We find ourselves stopped. Amen. Because we won't believe God. I don't understand that now. I don't know why the tears have got to flow now. But then I'm going to understand it. Now and then. I'm not worried about the now. I'm just looking for then. Then my God is going to wipe every tear from my eye. Then my God is going to have, amen, tell me, oh my. Hallelujah. Now I'm looking. I'm going to keep crying because it's crying. 
I don't know why I get tempted. I don't know why I find myself becoming unconcerned. Now, oh, but I'm looking for them. Where is revival? I don't understand why we're we've digressed to a spirit of lethargy and unconcerned. I don't understand it. But I'll understand it better by and by. By and by, when the morning comes, I'm gonna have all the answers. But if I don't stay with the book now, I'm not gonna be there then. If I don't stay in the church now, I'm not gonna find it then. You, you may not understand. I've had I've sat there and people say, why? Brother Duplessis, why, 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 why? Why did my husband die? Why did my wife die? Why did my mother die? Oh, why did it happen? I don't know now. I don't know, but I'm going to stay with the book till then. Glory to God. There's some things right now that I'm just looking at obscurely. Amen, they're just kind of a, a vapor. Just like a, a shadow that passes over Haman against the wall. But I'm going to understand it better by and by. Hallelujah. Amen. I thank God tonight for the days that I have cried. I thank God for the days that He has opened my soul like a fountain. Amen. I thank God for the days that He has caused my... Uh, Amen. As Jeremiah said, Oh, that my head were waters and that I as a fountain of tears that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. He said, I am black. Hungerness has taken hold of me. He said, The summer is past and the harvest is ended and we're not saved. Church, we haven't reached the potential that God has for us. We haven't preached our best sermon. We haven't sung our best song. We haven't shouted through our best service yet. But we're going to do some crying until we do. Oh yeah, it's crying time. You maybe have somebody here tonight that you need to go and put your hand out and say, Brother, I'm a man and I'm sorry. And would you forgive me? There may be somebody here tonight that you need to go and Say, brother, I know I borrowed some money from you, and I haven't had it to pay you back. But God being my helper, I'll give it back to you. Brother, I want you to forgive me because of what I said about you. It ain't all men either. You know what'll happen? It'll be like that rain. Oh no, I'm too big to apologize. I'm too old. I'm too grown. I'm not. Ain't too much that surprised me anymore. Sway me one way or the other. Amen. I just tell you it's crying down, brother. Would you help me? Sister, God bless you. It's crying down. How long have I got to cry? Langham, you can preach that in my church. It's still good. It still works. It's crying time when a church can't have that. In fact, I dare the preacher stand up and say, we don't believe that around here. Uh, still, we may do it somewhere else, we ain't going to do it in the same thing. It's crying time.
How long? Well, Hezekiah was going to die. He cried until... David said, when I cried, the Lord heard me. God bless you today. It's not privileged to be here. Maybe this is not a good note to leave you on. But let me tell you this, you'll understand it better by and by. Sing it
I was, it confused me because I had confidence. When you got confidence in somebody and they say something, you don't take it light. And that's where I was at. And it just bewildered me. I mean, I just set me back on my heels. I remember I asked Brother Burr. So what do you think about it? He said, man, I tell you, I don't feel like I've prayed until I just nearly cry my eyeballs out. I said, well, I'm, that's the same way I feel. I just don't feel like I've done it until I get my heart broken and I feel something warm start running down my face. I'm going to tell you, if you've never had that kind of spiritual experience, you just like somebody's never had that experience of something electrifying your feet. Amen. And put a dance in your feet. You just don't know what you're missing until you can sit real still and just feel something start trickling right down your face.